0: Hello, and welcome to Dance Talks. I'm your host, Andrea Cody. Today is August 1st, 2020, and my guest is Tina Bose kumar Tina is the co-founder and artistic director of Infused Performing Arts. Tina, welcome to Dance Talks.
1: Hey, Andrea. Thank you so much for um, having me on.
0: I'm really excited to be here. My pleasure. So, would you please take us from the top and tell us about how you started dancing?
1: Um. So dancing i think my mom told me that i immediately when i started walking i just started dancing so she knew that i need to be put in dance class or something um i think i also had a lot of energy in general so but yeah um i i think around one or two uh at the the daycare that i was at they had ballet and tap so i started in ballet and tap and then um then at five, I'd started my Bharatanatyam Indian classical dance training. And then, yeah, I was doing pretty much ballet and tap and Bharatanatyam pretty much my whole entire life. Off and on, I would do other stuff. Um, I started learning jazz and hip-hop and modern. And, yeah, I think I was training till until I, I was in college. Um, I Once I did my adingetram which was kind of for my Bharatanatyam uh, dance classes. Then I took a small break uh, once I went to college because I wasn't here. I was in New York and um, my teacher wasn't here, my guru. So I, so, and I couldn't find anybody I really liked when I moved to New York. But that's kind of how I got started. That's my dance background. And yeah. (laughs) Who's your guru? So um, I had a couple of them, uh, but my last, my, Guru, my first one here in Houston was uh, Uma nagarseth And then when I did my term, it was Srimadhi Malini Menon. And so, yeah, so those are my two gurus uh, for Bhatmatyam. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Okay, well, can you tell us just a little bit about them?
1: Yeah, um, so uh, Uma nagarseth who I refer to as Omendi, Um when I moved to Houston, um, that's uh, I moved here from Miami when I was 10, uh, so I started, I think, training when I was, I think I was around 10 or uh, when I first started class with her. And yeah, I mean, she was an awesome teacher. And then along with Bhadhanatyam, I learned a lot of um, folk styles of dance like uh, Garba, Ras, and other um, folk styles of dance. And she's a very famous Kathak teacher. And she's just, she's a, her background, she has a lot of different dance backgrounds and then um i moved to uh Shreemadhi malini man, and she had moved from uh uh india after she had gotten married and so um she was here in houston and i trained with her and she um was she did bharatanatyam and kuchipudi mainly and she her choreography style was very different cuz she her guru was uh, a different style and she was from the south so Everywhere, Indian classical dance is very different. It depends on who your teachers are. And so, even if you're learning any style, whether it's and Kuchipudi, it depends on what school they're from, who their gurus are. That's kind of what's passed down. So, um, but yeah, so her choreography was a lot different. It was, I would say a lot more intensive and advanced and stuff. So it was really awesome to learn uh, from her for like two years I did, um, before I did Maddie and
0: So, yeah. Very cool. So let's see, I know you ended up doing, going into pageantry. Can you tell us about that and like how you got started and how, where it took you?
1: Yeah. Um, so I was always competing, uh, growing up in, um, uh, dance competitions and speech and singing. And it was just, Growing up, it was very normal, uh, uh, something normal for Indian kids. Everyone would compete, whether it would be, like, within our own regional, um, like, amongst, like, other... I'm from Kerala, so anyone who was U.S. Keralites, they would have competitions, or within your church, or anything, like, community-wise. So I was always competing in something or the other, and um, na- there was a national convention, it's called Fokana, uh, they had every two years they would have a convention it was national all everyone from North America so it was like U.S. Canada Mexico it was like a big grand convention and they used to have pageants and it was basically you're like Miss Kerala of North America it was pretty much what the title was but it was spelled out F Focana basically um but Yeah, I used to see it all the time. Every time we would go for this convention. And I was like, you know, I really want to do that once I'm able to. So when I turned, I think I was supposed to do when I was 16. But something ended up happening that year and I couldn't compete. So I actually did it when I was 18. And um, yeah, and it was, I wasn't expecting to win. I just went there just to have fun. And because I had actually never done a pageant before. I'd competed in a lot of other things. But it was very different because... I think I'm pretty okay at everything, but um, answering questions sometimes I get flustered <laughs> a little bit, and because you just don't know what they're gonna ask you, you know, and yeah. you want to obviously sound coherent, and you know, and have like a good answer. So that was the only thing that I felt like. But they actually ended up asking me a, you know, a question that was actually really easy for me to answer. So it. What was just your question? Um, you they asked. Yeah, I remember it was, they asked me who, uh, uh, like, is, uh, who's your, I think they asked me who my hero was, or who uh, I looked up to, and I remember um, I said I was, uh, it was my father, and I said because, you know, he had really raised me a lot differently than a lot of other women in the Indian, um, growing up as an Indian origin, I feel like, you know, they're really big about us growing up being in the medical field getting married immediately and you know those kind of things taking a responsibility and i think my dad had always raised me to be very independent and he told me to you know make sure that you know as you get older whether you get married you know you need to make sure that you are financially independent that you have your own things going on because you just don't know where life is going to take you and i think he just always raised me to be very headstrong and self-aware and independent and make sure I make my own decisions. And I think that's really helped me a lot. And I think that's why I was able to boldly open up a dance studio and continue it for so many years. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Bose. Good job. <laughs> cool. Oh, so your company, Infused Performing Arts, your mission is to promote the awareness of Indian culture. And you opened up in 2010, how did you start?
1: So I knew I was wanted to start a dance school. I didn't think I was gonna start it so early cause I, I was, I think I was 22 at the time. Um, I thought Whoa. I was gonna do it a lot later on in life. Maybe when I retire from dancing or, you know something like that. Um, but it just happened to kind of all fall together. I had met Kieran who co-founded it with me um, and you know I it's really hard to find guys that are dancers and so like it just happened to happen and he came into my life and I was like you know it's a good time because I really think to have a successful dance school not that you can't do it on your own of course you can but I think it always helps to have somebody else so that we can just split the responsibilities because people don't understand how much it takes to run a studio properly you know it's not just about teaching classes there's advertising and talking to sponsors and you know so many things it's just like a corporation but we're dealing with kids you know and parents and we still have to put on shows and do productions and get costumes and those costumes don't come you have to design them so there's a lot of things editing music whatever so it just happened to be that me and karen are pretty much exact opposites in everything so it was so easy for us to split tasks. Like it almost became so natural. <laughs> yeah, because we just, we literally are not at all alike and we don't want to step on each other's toes in that sense. But we are both kind of very alpha uh, like personalities. So like when it comes to choreography and uh, those kind of things, yeah, we definitely butt heads a little bit. But I think it pushes us to kind of, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it does, but for some reason, it, it always ends up being okay. So I think I think it's good that we have that kind of uh, camaraderie, but also that back and forth bantering because it really helps. But so yeah, once we got married, I was like, you know, I think Kieran didn't have a job right away because he had come from India. So I was like, you know what? Let's start a dance school. I, anyways, had already started something small in my parents' house. We had redone the upstairs and I made it into kind of like a pseudo studio and I had a few kids that I was teaching and I had a, a team, we were competing in the college uh, circuit and some other local competition. So I was like, you know, we ha- I kind of have a foundation, it's not official, but let's see what happens, you know? And so he was like, okay, let's just do it. So we just decided to just make it happen. And yeah, that's kind of how it all came together because there wasn't anything here that I liked like bollywood uh, dance wise yeah. and we just wanted and we knew exactly wanted it to be different and coming and him coming from india he's like in the heart of you know what's going on they're very up to date and trendy and we're and especially in Houston we're a little behind on things so it's like you know we really wanted to make sure that oh. and i think i think in houston we're behind not just in the indian atmosphere but in everything we're a little behind you know behind la and new york they get things first than we do, you know, and it's kind of like informing people about what is current. So I think that uh, we were just like, you know, I think we need to just make sure that we're on the pulse of things, and we want to show Bollywood dance in that way. And that's why we say that we redefine Bollywood.
0: So, yeah, you redefine Bollywood. Yes, <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> that, re- that reminds me of my parents being so supportive of me growing up. too when. My brother was two years older than I am, and when he left for college, they converted his bedroom, which was next to mine, mm-hmm. into a dance studio. Oh, that's they, awesome. They pulled up their carpet, and they put mirrors on two of the walls completely. The other two had windows on them, and then they put a TV with a VHS player um, up in the corner and a nice sound system, and I was busy. That's and cool. I loved it. it really, yeah. Yeah, it's really how I started teaching was just in my parents' house.
1: That's amazing. I think, you know, people don't understand how much, you know, having parental support really, really helps kids to succeed really in anything, you know, to fulfill their dreams and stuff. You know, with that little push from somebody, you know, who has the guidance and funding, you know, it really does help a lot, especially artists, because, you know, we don't make a lot of money doing what we do. You know, we just do it out of the passion and how much we love to do this. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for sure thanks mom and dad yes. and uh for my brother sorry we took over your room but we appreciate it thank you <laughs> <laughs> so how did you meet Kira?
1: um i was on tour uh dancing they had they're every during the summertime actors will come to america and they'll go on tour um, doing like shows and performances. And I think that year one of the actresses didn't get her visa. So they needed to fill that spot. And I had just won the pageant, I think the year before. So I was still holding that title. So I was somebody that uh, people somewhat knew. So it was easy for them to kind of take me on tour. So then I learned all the pieces and I I was a, I was a dancer for that tour. Um, and Karen, used to teach actors back in India. And he was in New Jersey at the time for work. He was doing IT at a company. And um, one the actor that I was dancing with, uh, Kieran had taught him a long time ago for some London or Dubai show. And so he had called Kieran to come see the show because he was in town. And yeah, and uh, Kieran had met me, I think, backstage. And uh, that actor actually gave him my number without telling me so yeah and then the rest is history we were friends for a long time before we started dating and yeah I mean it just it was weird neither one of us ever thought we would marry someone like each other but it Mm -hmm. just ended up being like that so
0: how long have you been married
1: um 10 years yeah awesome
0: okay cool (laughs) so your honeymoon was opening up a studio yes yeah that was
1: And I tell people, I'm like, if you're really going to do something on your own, you have to understand you're giving up a lot of your personal time. We didn't go on a honeymoon for like two years Mm you know, because we just we were building the studio and Mm -hmm. we couldn't take a vacation because we didn't have enough students. We didn't. We were going to miss shows, whatever. You know, we were just like, we have to stay here and make sure that we're in a good place before we can go travel and enjoy the fruits of what we have
0: done. So, yeah. (laughs) Can we? Oh, who was? Who are you touring with? What was the name of the company or the show? Uh, the actor.
1: The, you remember? uh The actor that I was on. I mean, he. His name was Vinid Kumar. I forgot what the name of the show was. It was. It's just. Okay. It was a long Malayalam, like uh, Malayali name. It, ah. I. I don't remember what the show was called, but. Okay. Yeah, I have no idea actually.
0: So where um, can people see you online? Do you have videos out?
1: Yeah, we have on YouTube uh, Facebook, Instagram okay. at infused performing arts. It, uh-huh. we have videos everywhere of us dancing. So yeah, yeah. There's a I love your videos.
0: Oh, I'll you. put a link in the show notes. Okay. Awesome. So people can connect with you and follow you. Yeah. Um, so how would you describe your dance style to someone who hasn't seen you dance?
1: So I would say, well, everyone, I think from what people have said, watching us, they say we're very like, high energy we are very colorful we bring a lot of uh we do uh, like stunts and tricks and things like that that's our performance team we teach our students eventually to get to that level um you know we and main thing is with Bollywood because it is there's not a specific style for Bollywood it's so many different styles combined it's like you really any dance is relevant so it, Mm -hmm. We'll just we just take whatever dance that you start with, whatever background, it doesn't have to be Indian dance at all, you know, and then we build on it so that you can learn multiple dance styles because that's what Bollywood is. Because basically we're doing uh, dances that are in movies. So movies are not just going to have classical or folk dances now, especially so much of it is hip hop and contemporary and modern. And we do salsa. and I don't even know, like literally we do everything. So, and we get asked to do everything too now when we get hired for shows. So we're really, we really try and tell everybody, you know, if you're joining our dance school, you are going to learn all styles of dance because that's really what it is. Mm -hmm. They're just set to Indian music. That's it. So, Mm
0: -hmm. yeah. Yeah. What was it that I saw you do for the wedding or the henna party? It was like a Turkish dance.
1: Yeah. We did like a Turkish entry. Yeah, uh-huh. um, but you know we made it like Bollywood, so we mixed like belly dance and Bollywood uh, moves, so that mm-hmm. it it is relevant and it makes sense to the Turkish song. So uh-huh. yeah, yeah. And people ask us all the time, like, can you fuse ballroom and Bollywood or whatever? So I'm like, yeah, we can do it. What do you want us to do? I was like, <laughs> yeah, we'll make it happen.
0: <laughs> What's the look? Yeah, so they're really, I guess the the definition of Bollywood. Like, how how would you? Define it both. I mean, historically, it's coming from the Bollywood cinema. So tell us a little bit about that history and then kind of, even though like at some point it's not Bollywood anymore. So is it the music or is it the hands or the eye? Like, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the basis of Bollywood dance is expression and the way that we express with our eyes and face. I don't think any other dance has that much emphasis on expression the way that Bollywood dance does. You can be doing a hip-hop or salsa, but then it's like the way that your eyes are and the way that you're looking into the camera or, this, or the way you are on stage. It has a completely different vibe. It just looks so different, you know? So I think I think that's really what the essence is because at the base of Bollywood dance is our Indian classical dance and folk dances. And it's about storytelling. And so I think that's really what you know, Bollywood dances, you're telling a story, whatever the music is, the lyrics are, you know, we're conveying that message. And so I think that's why it's even though we are doing different styles of dance, the way and I do think we still use a lot of mudras and things and the way our eyes and our face expresses, um, we're really big on lip syncing, which is not it's like the number one rule that you're not supposed to do in any other dance style right. you you'll get in trouble <laughs> out at auditions for lip syncing, so but right. we're all about lip syncing so. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> but yeah, so I think i i I think that's what it is because it's coming from film, you know, so it's like we have to still give it that respect that it's still music from film. So we have to make sure that we're still telling a story, whatever that mm-hmm. story is. Mm-hmm. And what are mudras? So mudras are hand gestures. So, mm-hmm. um, and there's different hand gestures depending on what style of Indian classical dance that you learn. For, I, I'm a Bharatanatyam dancer. So that's the basic mudras that I know The most. I still do like Kathak style and Kuchipuri and things like that but then it's like I have to learn that from somebody what we're you know what are the proper movements and hand gestures for that so Mm -hmm. but yeah it's just basically like anything with your hands you know you're just going through so we teach that all of our girls um, that start with us their beginner classes it's part of the curriculum that they learn mudras because they have to learn how to get their hands comfortable switching between different models. Whether we ever use it or not, it's helps so much with the way that your hands, your flexibility, and like, you know, it's like I can even move just my fingertips. And then you just get so strong doing uh, those like minute movements with the, your hands. It just helps with everything that you're doing like any dance style it's like it's amazing how much that you know it's like hand exercises it's really awesome yeah and then you know it's part of when we're doing any kind of like content it's like you know you're telling a story and stuff you're asking someone to come and then you love them you know it's so it's so pretty it's just like small minute things that it you can really do a lot without even moving your legs so
0: right wow and I guess part well, first of all, it's just that, that intimacy and intricacy is so um it's compelling. Mm-hmm. I mean captivating. Um yeah. it's also so challenging. Like you don't you don't get just, just to do body position you're not getting away with just body positions yeah. or like, you know, flexibility or strength. Yeah. It's like and all of that. It's on top of it.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's like people only know about mudras, but actually it's like there's there's mudras, then we do eye exercises to get our eyes. We, then we do neck. There's like different right. things. You have to learn. It's actually broken down. For a yeah. game, it's broken down. So you have to learn everything specifically. And then uh-huh. it's like when you put it together is what makes it look the way that it does. So yeah, it is a lot of moving pieces at the same time.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, extreme isolation. Yes. <laughs> really, yeah. Um, so, and with Bollywood encompassing so many other styles of dance, it's just, it's just, it's extra layers, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. And I can see how it being film makes some of that make sense because so much of dance is like, Oh, do it for the back row. Mm -hmm. And like the back row doesn't care what you're doing with your eyes. Yeah. They, you know, so it's just overlooked maybe like in large, you know, theater spaces, but Mm -hmm. yeah, if it's going to be on film and it's going to be close up on your face, you have to do, you have to act like all the way.
1: Yeah. And I think the thing is that like, you know, when you're dancing, I feel like if you're that person that's putting everything, like your eyes, your hand, your feet, everything is like on point, whether you're in the front row or the back row, like you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. For sure. I mean, I I bring binoculars to the theater anyways. I want to see, you know, the whole picture for sure. So I love watching you dance too, because like you're always shining and you're always, uh, on and you're never shy about it. You know, I love that. I think when you have that mastery of your expression and, uh, you know, it's like, you just never you just like never like turn away you're always just like going all out and that energy is um, infectious it's really fun you know it makes it it's very liberating to see somebody um who just has that kind of courage you know to just shine that brightly yeah thank you it's awesome
1: Yeah, I mean, I think nowadays it's like where I put so much emphasis on, you know, like making sure our students look good and dancers look good. I just I don't even notice what I do anymore because it's kind of like I feel like, you know, when you run a studio, you kind of are almost in the background. A lot of times I think this like quarantine and COVID has really like wanted me to like, you know, go back into like. Working on myself and recording myself, and because I'm not able to do as much as I normally do with my students because we just are not together. You know, we're teaching virtually, but we're not putting on shows, so I'm not doing all that I am doing. So it's been really nice to be able to kind of like uh, do that. I feel almost like I'm going back into time and working on myself Mm -hmm. and stuff that I haven't been able to in so many years. Because I'm like, okay, I'm the one with the camera. I'm like doing all these things. So it's been really right. nice that way.
0: <laughs> Good. How's your company handling the pandemic? Like in terms of having the studio and all um, your liabilities?
1: Yeah, I mean, we've, we're holding on to our studio because, I mean, obviously we're trying our best to make sure that we have a studio to come back to whenever we can open up. We were planning on actually opening up in June or July, but then with all the numbers increasing in Houston, we were like, you know what? I'm, I don't want to be liable for this. And, you know, we just, we can't control everybody and everything. We can only do so much. And especially with kids, you know, you say you're going to space them apart and this, but, you know, they're not going to not touch each other. They're not going to not go up to someone's face and talk. To, you know, it's it's impossible. They're not going to not touch their mask. Like, really, what all can you do? With adults, it's a little different. You know, we we can control it a little bit more. But we have majority kids in our classes, so... We just felt that it was just better to just continue doing it online. And we're so happy for the people that have continued with us online. And yeah, we're just doing what we can. So, I mean, it's been great. We've had like the thing about virtual that's been nice is that we're having people who are joining that are like outside of Texas or really far away that always wanted to join the studio, but they just couldn't make it to Stafford or Pearland so that's been nice you know so they're like we've been wanting to you know join your classes for a while but you know we just it's hard to drive consistently once a week and I was like I understand so so that so that's been cool we've been able to do that and um, but yeah we're kind of like getting used to being online now you know I'm teaching competition routines online we're doing like first dances online family dances online we're just getting used to it so I mean, I, me and Karen were talking about we're probably going to actually continue doing some level of virtual classes even once we go back because I think it's it's actually been kind of nice and convenient for people, so. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's great that you have a studio to teach out of.
1: Yes. Yeah, we're teaching mm-hmm. sometimes here and then sometimes at our house. We've kind of converted yeah. like a space there too because mm-hmm. we have a kid. So it's kind of hard yeah. now without a lot of babysitting options and he's not in school. Right, so, right. So How old is your son? He's three, Yeah, he's three and he's he gets into everything. So (laughs) so sometimes working at the house is a little bit easier because Kieran also has another job. He's in IT. So he'll sometimes be working and then I'll have to immediately go into class. So I won't be able to leave the house because, you know, of babysitting and stuff. But, you know, we're just making it work
0: and it
1: is what it is. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. So how can people support you?
1: So, yeah, I mean. Obviously, we have classes, dance classes and fitness classes that, you know, if you guys are anyone's interested in. So we're doing basically classes for kids. We have a dance company for like semi-professional to professional dancers. And then we have fitness classes for adults. uh, And we have it on different days of the week and different times with different instructors and then if neither one of those things is something that you would like, then you can, you know, we're obviously taking donations too, if that, if anybody wants to support us in that way as well. So, yeah, I mean, uh, everything. And they
0: can helps. request private lessons or like custom yes. choreography oh, yeah. for their, yeah, event. custom yeah. choreography,
1: mm-hmm. private lessons, mm-hmm. you know, for whatever. So, yeah. and, um, we're doing everything online and it's, it's worked out. We send videos afterwards you know, just to make sure that you guys have it if it's not fully caught up online. Uh-huh. So, yeah, we do, and we're, like, breaking it down and just the way we do it in, you know, in live. I think, actually, we're doing so much more now because we're online. We're, like, doing it this way, then we're turning this way, then we're doing a close-up on our feet, then we do our hands. So it's been actually... I think we're, they, they're getting a little bit more detailed than they normally would because I feel like in class, unless you're one of those uh, kids that are really detail-oriented, they are not looking at everything. You know, they're just kind of like, okay, I got the general step, I'm good to go. And we try to fix them, but it's like if they themselves don't notice it, they're not really understanding what to fix and alter. I think this way I'm like, okay, get close to the screen, let me see your face, you know? And I'm working on just the expression. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, let me see your feet now. And I'm like, we're able to do it in that way and be very, very specific, so. Mm -hmm. I think that's cool. a few benefits.
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh, just to ma- just to mention a sample of what you have to offer is also on YouTube uh, at the Dance Houston page because mm-hmm. you just did a master class for us. Yes. And it was awesome. Thank
1: so- you. Yeah, I had some technical <laughs> issues, but it was it was really fun to do. And we're so mm-hmm. happy, you know, like Dance Houston is here to support all the dance schools here in Houston, you know, and really like, promote us and also you know just i even before covid you guys were just doing so much for everybody and i think your uh, festivals and programs and camps are just amazing and you guys give scholarships to kids so it's been yeah I I've, it's been awesome to be affiliated with you guys So oh
0: yeah for sure we love having you too <laughs> so um with the, I also took your 24 hour dance marathon class and I had a ball. So, oh, yeah, um, that's right. <laughs> I, I mean, I admit, like, I hadn't gone to Stafford to take a class from you yeah. and I'd always wanted to because I love your shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, you know, I love watching you guys perform. I must have seen you guys perform 20 you know, something times. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I always love it. And it's like, man, I need to get to that class, you know? Um, but yeah, I have kids, right. And it's kind of a long drive. So, um, I love that with our summer camp, you know, we really serve it up on a silver platter because Mm -hmm. you come to a a studio that, um, all these other teachers that specialize in different forms of dance from around the world also come so the kids can get dropped off, you know, stay all day and learn all these styles. But like with this virtual learning, it's kind of the same deal. Like, you know, you're, you just go from home mm-hmm. and you can go anywhere you want and it's great that you're making it available and just sticking it out and really like using, you know, the technology to get to that level of detail mm-hmm. that you've been, you know, trying to show people. Yeah. yeah but know. it's
1: been, yeah, it's fun. I, we love teaching the summer camps and it's, it's so awesome to be able to teach, you know kids of so many different backgrounds at the same time and how much they love Bollywood dance. It's like every year I come, they're like, oh, Miss Tina's back. You know, like, it's so fun. I'm like, it's so great that they like look forward to the class and stuff. Yeah. So I was like, it's it makes you feel like you're a superstar. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. Right, right.
0: I love seeing when they go all out for you too, when they perform, yeah. they just go crazy. Cause you've, oh, t- yeah. you've, you've let, you've let them loose. Yeah, I know. We, you know and, no you know, inhibitions.
1: Yeah. And we're like, and it's been fun because we always try and pick really fun songs for them that they would really like lots of beats and, you know, mm-hmm. just keep it interesting. I know this year was a little bit different cause they weren't able to do what we normally do, but normally, you know, we have them do they can showcase their tricks and whatever, you know, I have them do like, it's fun. They, they can really be creative and stuff. So it's been, it was really, really nice.
0: So Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember last year when we were at the mall performing, um, Garrett got the biggest, uh, reaction from the crowd from the whole entire show because yeah. he got to do a flip or a I know. And it was so cool. it was or something. A, yeah. Yeah. It was what did he do?
1: He did like a tumble. He did like a yeah. I mean he, it was a pass. Yeah. Yeah. He did like a full like tumble pass. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. It started the dance off. I'm like, all right, it's gonna be a great dance. So was like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was so cool.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Oh well, we'll we'll look forward to better days.
1: Yes. Yes. I was yeah. like looking forward to seeing everybody again in person. I was like mm-hmm. definitely miss. You know, I think I like I every time I visit the studio and it's empty, it's almost saddening. You know, like I'm like uh And, you know, I think like dancers really love the way that it feels to be in that kind of like sweaty atmosphere and like just being, I don't know, like it's, it's almost like having like a good workout. Like, I don't know how it's like, it's almost like the same thing, you know, like when the mirrors get foggy and you're just, you know, you've had like a great day in dance. Like I'm, I like miss that. And I'm like, I know now it's like anything to do with people's breath and air is like It's like no. Now I'm like so sad. I was like, I was like, it is what it is. I was like, everyone's afraid to breathe. So,
0: (laughs) there was a study that came out not too long ago about moving in unison in person with other people. And this, Mm -hmm. I want to say, I read it before the pandemic hit because it Mm -hmm. it didn't ring, you know, so hard when I read it as it makes me feel now. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was basically saying that like the, we get this huge, you know, rush of, I don't know if it was adrenaline or serotonin or both, um, but just, we get this great feeling when we're just moving in unison with other people and it's what marching did. Mm -hmm. And so people would, I mean, the whole idea of marching was just to feel good. Yeah. (laughs) I know. know, that's I know, and that's what it, we're missing. We can't. You just I, can't do it. You know. You really can't move in unison. It's not yeah. like yeah.
1: It's so sad, and we that, love that. I know. I miss
0: mm-hmm.
1: everything about being in a studio and doing that together. Whether it's a dance class or a routine, or we're doing a fitness class and everyone's doing it together. Like it just right. You know. Just yeah. Oh, I well,
0: know. See, that's way better than left, 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 right, left marching. Uh, you know. But it's like same to think that even that was you know so uh, life, yeah. you know, enhancing that, mm-hmm. you know, the hundreds of thousands of soldiers have done it for, you know, yeah.
1: I think centuries. it's just about being a part of something bigger than yourself. I yeah. think that's what it is. Just being, feel like you're a part of something that is so grand, you know, for you at that time, I think it's just, it's a really great feeling that you're not alone, you're doing something together. And I think that's what, I think that's what's so beautiful and I think that's what people are so enticed by, whether it's marching together or dancing together or singing together, you know, just that feeling yeah. of unity. I was like, yeah, I know. It's like the small things. You miss all the small things now. I was like,
0: <laughs> Yeah. How's dancing helping you cope?
1: Oh, yeah. This is like dancing and teaching class is literally the only thing that keeps uh, me sane, I would say right now, because... I I don't think I've, there's ever been a time in my life I wasn't dancing, and I'm not able to do shows, and I love to perform on stage, and that's not happening. But at least to be able to share what I love, you know, with kids, and still to teach them, and, and seeing them grow into you know really beautiful dancers, it's I'm still glad I'm able to do that much because I, without that, also, I feel like I have no purpose. So this is kind of like I'm still doing what I can at home because, you know, we don't I don't have a corporate job or any I'm not I don't belong to any company. This is what I do. So being able to still share that Mm -hmm. and practice at home is, Mm is such a true blessing. I'm so glad that this has happened at a time that we do have technology and and we have the capabilities to still connect with people this way, because I don't know how it would have been. And I think, you know, in the 1900s, when the first, the last pandemic happened, it was like that, you know? So I think we're really blessed this time around that we're still able to like, you know, connect, whether it's through dance or at least wave at people on FaceTime or whatever meeting, you know, it's just, it's amazing, so.
0: Right, yeah, it eases the isolation so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. So, um, tell me a little bit about, let's take us back to when you were doing shows and Mm -hmm. I know, so you're the artistic director and Kiran Kumar is the creative director Mm -hmm. and y'all are splitting up these tasks. Can you tell us about that creative process? Just how you go into, okay, the big show's coming, you know, we got the theater, how many students do we have? And then, you know, your company and just kind of how you approach it.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, basically every year we have our recital at the end of the year. And ever since we started doing Bollywood Blast in 2000, I think the first one we did was 2013. Mm -hmm. And ever since that year, um, uh, and we're so thankful to Retna Kumar for giving us the opportunity to direct it. And her... uh, yeah, Thank you, and her, Yes. And um, her late husband, Anil Kumar, was there at the time during 2013, and he really pushed us. He was like, it has to be like this and like that. You guys have to have a story. You guys have to have, you know, um, uh, the backdrops, not backdrops, but like the LED screen needs to be used. And he was mm-hmm. just like really pushing us to be outside of what we thought we could do because we were still a baby company. We were only about three years old at that time. And... Um, we were so blessed to have the honor of doing this, but we were like, we have to make it amazing. You know, it's still at Miller Outdoor Theater, you know, 10,000 people are going to come out to watch this. So we have to make sure it's memorable. It's something amazing. So ever since that year, even our recitals, we make sure we have a storyline. We make sure we have, um, things on the LED in the back. Now we have like, uh, before we used to just use like a regular, uh, projector and stuff now we get an led wall made and we get crazy lighting everything matches up so now it's like we just sit down and we're like okay what do you want to do this year story wise and then we go through a couple of different options so normally like um i usually come up with like the basic story like this is what we're gonna do and then Karen is the one who like writes the generic script and then we have a. Uh, Another person, Yaksha But, She's one who actually goes in and writes like the detailed script with the scenes. So we know where to place the songs. So we make it into a full-on production like that. And then we just use whatever songs we've been using for like we've been we taught the like the year, and we just figure out where everything goes sequentially. And then the dance company is the one that drives the story. So we'll make sure that our songs make sense to make sure it drives the story the correct way. And then the students also. So, yeah. And then um, Kieran edits all the music. He does all the background work for all the VFX and everything. And then I design costumes and uh, de- decide where, what, like, the order of the show, like, where what songs go where. Because I'm the one who knows how long it'll take this person to change, you know, because mm-hmm. that's important. So Right. Yeah. So our dance company will change for every single piece and then our students change twice three times so it's like I have to make sure they also have time to change too so yeah I mean that's pretty much what goes into the background of like the you know the essence but then there's still so many other things you know putting on a production we have to get um booklets made and uh we have to make sure we have all the VIPs seated correctly there's a lot of like small things making sure we're promoting on social media so I'm the one who takes care of all of our like social media stuff and um yeah so yeah that's we kind of just split everything the problem with uh that is that whenever one of us is out of town then it's like okay we have to start learning the other person's job suddenly so um yeah, Kieran is really great at everything but costumes. It's really difficult. And I think it's just a boy thing. They don't know colors. So, like, mm. I'm on the phone mm-hmm. and I'm like, hey, like, you know, the pink costume. And he's, like, showing me, like, purple. I'm like, that's not pink. I'm like so, <laughs> I like, so I'll have to, like, find a picture of it. But, yeah, it's. I think that's the only thing that it's, like, I don't think he could do. I was like, he just – everything else – he's able to do but the costumes and that's really important passing out costumes the right costumes the right kids right so it's such an important task so yeah but most of the time we're able to do everything else but yeah costumes it's i think that's where he really struggles
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) so when you envision a story and select one what are you trying to convey
1: so we always want to make sure we have like a story that has like a good message at the end.
0: Um, you know, Can you give like, us some examples of a couple of messages you've shared?
1: Yeah, so we did um what did we do? okay, so we did uh we did like a Bollywood version of Cinderella. Uh-huh. And um and it was and we just we kind of redid it. We did like the fairy godmother was like a guy and we just like made it really like, you know, funny and this and I mean Cinderella is basically Cinderella, so you kind of know that story. But we did, like, the Nutcracker kind of the last year, Um, and we kind of made it our own. It was, like, instead of... She was going through different stories, and she had to find a key so that the Nutcracker could be, like, human again. And so um, each story was kind of like she... Like, it was, like, a moral. Like, she learned something Ah. each, each story, and it was, like it wasn't her. She was teaching the Nutcracker to be a better person. So it was like, he was learning it.
0: Kind of Wizard of Oz too.
1: Yeah. It was like a mix of a few different kind of stories or whatever. Um, we just kind of was, it was Christmas. So we just kind of made it like that. Um, but we, you just take stories that are like, people can relate to right away. Like, it's like, Oh, I've kind of seen something similar because because it is Bollywood and we have a lot of people that are not Indian come and watch the show. Everything's in English other than the dances. So we wanna make it so that it's relatable and we have a lot of kids in the audience. We wanna, it should look like a fairy tale at the end so that it's something that they feel like it's still magical and we do magic. So we have to make sure the illusions are throughout too. So we plan that as well, the way Karen will place his magic uh, illusions throughout the show. So that if it, it, you feel that magical fairy tale element as you're watching it and stuff. So yeah, I mean like the, so we just try to do something where it's something relatable. We've done, I think we've done like a uh, Bollywood version of Grease. We've done a lot of stories that people already kind of know. Um, and we just made it slightly different and tweaked it, you know, and
0: things like that. So yeah. <laughs> Where'd y'all get your magic tricks? Sorry, what? Where'd you guys get your magic tricks?
1: So, Kieran's actually a professional magician. Like, he trained when he was little. He's like, he's won like the presidential award in India for uh, magic (laughs) and stuff. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. So he, but he was doing um, like more hand illusions. Now we're doing major illusions, and so we did that. Now that we have a company, because it takes a team to do illusions because it's a production. Um, but he's trained in more of, like, the cards and all the things that you normally see, like, for, like, uh, at parties and stuff. But he was trained on, like, kind of more an advanced level of that. Um, but so when he when we first got married and we started the dance school, I was like, you know what? We should really include magic. I don't know what why I thought of that suddenly, but I was like, you know, you're a magician. And I was like, why don't we do magic and dance together? I don't know why no one's doing it, you know, and I think it's such a cool thing if we can figure out how to make it relevant. So that's why we always made sure we had a story because I feel like magic on stage, if you're not telling a story of some kind, it's not really that exciting to watch. Like if you're going for a magic show, it's like, oh, like, you know, they come in, they'll have like the guy and the girl and then something happens, right? He gets taken away, you know? So it's like, if you don't do it in that way, you're just like, okay, here's a magic trick, you know, no one no one is like, I'm like, oh, okay, you know, it feels a little weird. Uh, uh-huh. So we try to make sure it's built into the story. So it makes sense. Like we had just, we just got a new illusion last year for, um we did the story of Ramayan. During Diwali, we got hired by uh, Masala Radio for, to be the um, finale production. And so we did like, uh, Ramayan but all dance so it wasn't there was like very little one two line dialogue just for it to make sense basically just about good versus evil and um, I place as uh, Sita I get kidnapped and so like the end sequence we did we had like a, a trick where I'm put into a box and they're stabbing it now like now that swords are kind of outdated it's like led tubes so it was like all led and stuff like that and yeah and then they and it looks like i disappeared and then you open it like kieran comes and saves me he's rom he comes and saves me and i'm fine and everyone's like I'm, we did this like three times last year and every time they're like did you leave the stage i'm like no i was I'm there. I like, yeah. Cool. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, that's mad. They're like, how do you do it? They were like, everyone's like inspecting the box. I'm like, yeah, yeah it's magic. I, was like, it's like, <laughs> I you. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, I love the connection with, I mean, I feel like Indian culture are just, you know, I know like magic carpet ride or like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, um, yeah. it makes sense too.
1: Yeah. That's our dream production actually, like to do Aladdin. Bollywood uh-huh. uh, style mm-hmm. um, we've been wanting to do that for like a long time now but we want it to be like because I feel like out of all the fairy tales I think Aladdin's the most like actually like magic oriented fairy tale like everyone remembers a genie and what the genie can do so um, we've always wanted to do that but I was like we have to I was like we need to have a really high budget and like really make it like really grand so we're holding off on that till we can like make it we want to actually have a magic carpet that flies. You know, just do the yeah. whole thing. So yeah, we're cool. one day eventually. Have you seen the Broadway it. show? Yes. Oh, it was so fabulous. My gosh. Right. I was like, I was like, I could watch it over and over again. It was so amazing. The yeah. genie is like, oh, he's like yeah. so great. So yeah. Yes. That, so this I was like, I feel like, you know, because it's so, it's, the Broadway show was amazing. So it's like, if you're going to redo something that people know and it's, it has to be like fabulous, you know, so
0: right yeah (laughs) you do kind of need to nail the magic carpet yes for sure
1: so that was the main thing We're like how do you get this carpet to fly so we're still working on it but yeah one day when we have the budget because you know it it, you need to have like the budget of like Cirque du Soleil to make it look like the way that you want it to be you know like how they build everything into the their production is all built into wherever they're at you know it's like the whole stage is moving Everything is like, that's how it needs to be for it to really come to life the way that you, that we want it to be. So I don't know when we'll get that budget. That's a high budget, but one day I was like,
0: (laughs) do you have an idea of what it would be? I mean, just totally ballpark.
1: No, we have no idea. $200,000, $500,000.
0: Do you have any idea?
1: I have no idea because, you know, the thing is that pricing for these things change, you know, and then it's like every year some new technology comes into play and you're like, oh, I want that in my show, you know, so right. it's like you just you don't know, like whatever I would budget out today, next year could be like thousands and thousands more. You just we have no idea, especially now, you know, everyone is struggling, you know, everyone's going bankrupt. People, you know, no one has business, like Broadway, Cirque. Everyone is struggling because without shows dancers can't survive you know so it's really tough i don't know if because of this it's going to make prices go high or low we don't know what corona's going to do to the entertainment field going forward so mm-hmm. it is what it is it was like so one day i was like i'm hoping so
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's definitely hitting hard uh in our field yet you know there's a lot of home study going on like you said so mm-hmm. We could we could be brewing something really great. True.
1: So, I mean, this is a time I feel like, you know, you have to either be on it or kind of give up. There's really not, I don't think this is a time to be kind of in between. So, it's like either mm-hmm. you're a fighter or you're not because the, I mean, it's hard. I Everyone is struggling right now. So, right. it's been sad to hear so many studios shutting down and people shutting down, but Right. It, I mean, like, what can you do, you know, so. Right. Hoping everyone comes back, so.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, I just, right. It's hard to, it's hard to imagine, I knew, I heard uh, Maria Fernanda Urbaez, who was our first guest on this show, uh, she did close her studio. Mm-hmm couple weeks ago and it was such a grand wonderful place and they were very successful artistically and Mm -hmm. you know they financially they had a lot of students yeah and she just decided she was going to reinvent herself Mm -hmm. she's working on that I look forward to seeing what she invents yeah, she's I amazing. Mean,
1: you never know. I, I feel like sometimes when you're throwing a curveball, you, if you like, you can take it and figure something out that you never thought was possible. There's so many things that can be done and stuff. So it is sad, you know. The problem is, you know, dance studios are very expensive. We have large spaces, and when those spaces are not being utilized, it is what it is, you know. So mm-hmm. and not everybody wants to do virtual classes, which is kind of sad. So we're not able to, you know, sustain things. But I was like, I'm hoping that whatever happens, everyone figures out their new path and, you know, figures out what's going to work for them going forward. So,
0: right. well, we do need space and now more than ever, we need people to space out. So I feel like there's so many underutilized spaces in Houston. You know, Mm -hmm. we, we have to have that air conditioning for like a lot of the year. I mean, okay, we don't have to. But we we feel like we have to. Yes. Oh, well. um, so just thinking about dance studios and theater spaces and how they're empty now. Mm-hmm. But we are looking very close. You know, we're very close to starting school. Mm-hmm. And so many parents are concerned about um, getting all these children packed into buildings. You know, 400 yeah. is like a small elementary school. And, you know, 3,000 is a typical high school. Yeah. And so it makes me think, wow, you know, is there any system where we can spread out some of these things and start, you know, repurposing places and even with just childcare, you know, for people in the medical field and food service, like they, they still need help in a safe place for their kids. So, you know, I'm wondering if, if uh, some studios could help out in that way, you know, even if it was a daytime, like limited type of thing Um, yeah
1: I mean I feel like people are wanting to help and do whatever but I just think that you know everyone just needs to figure out what's the best way what's the safest way because that's what's ultimately important I think the other problem is like when anything happens everyone goes to social media to shame people and I think it's really sad the way that people are you know so they're like I can't you know whatever you don't know where anyone is uh, getting anything from and But people just are so quick to be on social media to, you know, just attack businesses and people and things. And I think it's really sad that way that, you know, faceless people can do that to other people. So I think that's what it's like scaring businesses into trying to help out because you'll get shamed if something goes wrong. So
0: that's a good point. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's like, do you want to? close your business or, you know, help out a few families, but Mm -hmm. truly run a risk. Yeah. And not just a risk of public shaming, but a risk of, you know, hurting someone or Mm -hmm. getting hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But then again, again, I mean, just, you know, we need more, I feel like we need more space. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's more about where 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 would they be otherwise
1: yeah that's true
0: um if they would be if they're going to be packed into a you know school classroom like that's that's going to be harder on the teacher it's going to be you know harder on the other students and their family so yeah. it's kind of just you know right now school's such a big issue cuz it's august 1st and schools usually start in august
1: I know everyone is like, I think kind of scared and tentative about the situation, you know, whether their kids are doing it online now or, you know, I don't know actually anybody here that's going into schools. I think maybe some of the private ones are, but anyone who's going to public school, I think they are for the first couple of weeks all online. So that's like extra burden on the parents to teach them because, you know, it's like Things changed from when we were in school, so it's like sometimes you're like, "What are they learning?" You right? Know, so. <laughs> it's
0: like, yeah, I mean, it, this is just pie in the sky, but you know, dance studios being full of teachers, people mm-hmm. who love to teach and love children, yeah, um, and who can teach dance. You know, it's like, what if they could have, you know, four or five kids come in mm-hmm. and they can do the online virtual session you know, and guide them through it and make sure the kids are paying attention and, yeah. you know, getting their work done. And then, and obviously, you know, they're not going to go to recess, but like they're in a studio, you know, they can turn on some music and get some exercise, um, some dance training in, um, you know, I think just having that kind of extra offering where like you're, you're willing to do some of that virtual things, virtual things, uh, mm-hmm. online re- learning from the public schools so that some parents, yeah, can get back to work.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, I think something like that would help. And if there's a way to do it safely, I think we would all want to do that. So,
0: right. Yeah. Just some middle ground, um, with social media, like you guys are really active on social media, right? Do you ever feel conflicted about it?
1: I mean, I, so here's the thing with social media, me and Karen are very divided on it. Like he is so like Uh, Like anti social media, not anti. Uh I think he just doesn't see like a need for it because he just doesn't like people who poke and prod into his life. Like he's just one of those kind of people. But um, I'm the one who started all of our social media platforms, and I'm the one who keeps pushing it because it is really important, you know. Because whether you want to uh, understand it or not, it it is Mm -hmm. part of our lives now. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I just think it's going to get more and more invasive. If anything, I don't think it's going to get less invasive for sure. So I'm -hmm. like, you might as well just learn to live with it. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know, if it helps people to know that we're still here, we're still in business, we're still doing things, you know, if it helps us, then I'm all about it, you know. So and it's funny because, you know, there's people that just follow me and maybe not the business. And it's, you know, they're interested in what I'm doing on a daily basis too. So it's like, it's I mean, I think it's it's interesting that people are so keen on things like that. So it is it is what it is. I, I had to start Karen's like Instagram page. Now he's like a little active, but I was like, you need to start things. People need to get to know you because I feel like now it's like, you're not able to personally meet people. So it's like, this is how they understand who you are and what you represent is uh, what, you, what uh-huh. you're doing on social media. So it's like, like, it's like people are not just wanting to get your service. It's like they want to know that I'm going to the right person. Like, it's like they're like a friend or a mentor that I would feel comfortable, you know, being around or having my kids be around. And so I think it's really important to always make sure that, you know, your social media reflects that so they know. So it's like if you go on my page, it's like I'm a dancer, I'm a mom, I'm into fitness. You know, Mm -hmm. so it's like you would know that right away by just looking at my social media page. So I'm like, so I think everyone needs to start doing that because it is important. People need to know you as a person along with the services that you provide. So yeah, it was like because I think everyone does it now. It's like as soon as you see anybody, you're like stalking them, you know, on Facebook and Instagram, (laughs) like, Oh, who's that? You know, so
0: (laughs) Oh, they don't have a page. And you're like, Oh, they're Who's this person? (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> so well, let me go Google them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like there's a
1: hundred different ways to stalk anybody now on the internet. So it's like right. you know that people are gonna look you up. You know that. So yeah. make it a, make it a representation of yourself. That's why you have to be really careful. You can't just be posting <clears throat> you out <throat> being crazy and you know whatever. It it reflects on you and your business and your you know wherever you stand. So
0: right. Yeah, good point. I like to. I like to spread what we're doing on Mm -hmm. social media as a, uh, just a statement, like, you know, good, positive, um, kind of to interrupt maybe some of, um, the hardship. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then I like to, I mean, of course, just, you know, make sure everybody knows about what we're offering so -hmm. that they can get in on it. Um, but, yeah, just knowing that I'm feeding like the beast, and it's a lot like I love what you said too, um so there I can see the positive aspects of it. um I just know that they're like Facebook has been set up to um, run an algorithm to like you know encourage dissent and arguments and like what the world needs now is love, <laughs> sweet I love, like not this stuff. I know. So Well, I'll- the thing
1: is that even not just Facebook, media is mm-hmm. the same way. So forget social media, regular media, news there, you know, right. th- there's a ton of positive things every day they could be reporting, but you know, they choose to you know, show only the bad because people just want to be in this toxic cycle of, like, nonsense, I feel. And, you know, I, like, so I don't tune into any of that stuff. I, like, if there's anything on my Facebook page I don't like, I immediately block, you know, content I don't like. And I say, I don't want to see anything like this on my page again, you know, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I have have my own set of, like, beliefs and uh, things, but I don't push that on anybody else. And I don't want anyone pushing their, you know their ideas on me you know I think Mm. everyone's ideas beliefs uh politics faith that's very personal and I think that's that's for you you know I don't I don't need you to tell me that mine is wrong and yours is right I don't think we need to have that conversation it's not necessary I'm like I'm here to post cute pictures and Mm. positive quotes and a few dance stuff. And I hope you like it. That's really, you know, that's what I use social media for. I'm not there to, like, put up news articles and all this other oh, stuff. Okay. You know, and people use it for that. And I just, I, you know, I miss Facebook when it was for just college students or just for professionals. You know, I feel like right. now that everyone is on there, it's too much. You know, I. that's why I think I like Instagram so much more the way that it is. You're not able to see as many ads you it's hard to see a lot of politics stuff unless someone specifically post it but you can't see news it's i mean i like the way i hope that they don't change it they probably will but right now i i i like the way instagram
0: is it's nice it's different yeah yeah right it's more fun
1: yeah facebook yeah. makes me sad sometimes Emily, like, yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah. I think I was able to handle it a lot more before the pandemic.
1: Oh yeah, cuz you're not you know? on there all the time. I feel like now it's Oh,
0: like... I don't think I'm on there anymore. Just just overall like I don't listen to the same podcasts anymore. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to hear about true crime yeah. right now. Like I I've just, you know, it's just everyday life is like tough enough, you know. Yes. It yeah. Is. <laughs> and it's um it's a sad time to live in and just know that, you know, that we're in the midst of this crisis. Yeah. Um, and there's, yeah. So it's like, that's enough news um, for me. Yeah. But I still think we do have to have the conversations about politics and race and religion. Um, they are just so personal, you know, that it seems like I, I like to have those Mm -hmm. face-to-face or on the phone.
1: Yeah. I mean, I love discussing that when we're in a group or whatever. I, I just, I don't like people posting stuff and it's, it may or may not be like real facts and whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. I I have, but it's like on the internet, you're just going back and forth typing. And I don't think you get the same conversation or ideas or, you know, obviously like inflections in your voice or the way that you're saying it when you're talking to somebody in person. So Mm -hmm. I think that that's why I don't prefer to do that over social media.
0: Do so. you think it helped your company a lot, though?
1: With Facebook, oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Social media, I think, has helped us a lot because, uh, I mean, people know us when we go to like other states. They're like, "Oh, you guys run Infused," and I'm like, "There's no way they uh, would know that if right. if if it wasn't for that." Because how else did they see us? You know, we do wow, go to yeah. to states and stuff like that, but we're not going everywhere to every state. You know, we're just, right. I think so. It just it's nice that way. People are like, oh, I saw you guys doing this on Facebook or YouTube or whatever. So it has helped us a lot. I I, I love yeah. social media cool. in that way. And I do use it mainly for my business.
0: Um, do you get booked directly or do you have an agent or both? We
1: get booked directly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's one of the things. Like me and Karen were never able to let go of the reins for a lot of things for the business. Mm-hmm. And we never we're able to hire anybody to do a lot of this stuff in the background we're still the one sending emails and doing yeah. all the i guess office work we're right. we're still doing everything so yeah i think i think there's you know pluses and minuses to that you know it's like they're talking to us directly so clients are able to like talk to us and they're all like can you tell Tina and Karen that this is what I want Or you know I you know so those are all good things but then it's like kind mm-hmm. of like it's hard to because it's like you want people to respect you but you also have to make sure that you know they're they're willing to pay what we're asking them and so many other things or right. if there's like a problem with service whatever it is you know we want to make sure we're handling it the right way Because we're also the owners of the business. So.
0: Right. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) You know, they ask you to do one thing, you agree on a price, and then it turns into this whole other idea. Like, and it's, it's, uh, I like, I like helping out as that Mm middleman just to remove, I mean, just to be one extra layer of like protection and support and, you know, explanation. And just making sure that boundary is like right there. It's, I mean, it's in black and white in the contract Mm -hmm. and it's also going to be enforced by me so that I feel like the artists can just show up and like be friendly and agreeable, but like, you know, not have to take it on like head to head.
1: Yeah. I think Um, it's hard because then, you know, clients will often be like, I told so-and-so this, you know, why are mm -hmm. you not agree? So then it's like, it's just easier just to be like, no, I told you. This is what's happening. This is what we talked about in the contract and stuff. So yeah, I know. I mean, you have so much expertise in doing weddings and all these other functions. You know how different clients are so different. And some people don't understand what we're talking about. And then they imagine it to be something totally different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's just, it's easier that way when you're doing it yourself.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah, I think that direct communication... Yeah. It's something that I can't, I can't provide if I'm in the middle and just, mm-hmm. you know, cause I feel like that's time you're not hiring. Like, did you want to set up a creative meeting? Yeah. Did yeah. you want to have an onsite rehearsal prior mm-hmm. to the event? You know, like those kinds of things are like, that's money. That's time is money, you know, mm-hmm. and we're working for you, but, um, you know, you get what you pay for. Yep. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's
1: very true. I know so many times we have clients who are like, but, you know, blah, blah, blah is cheaper. I'm like, well, then you can go with them. I mean, I was like, right. And then you'll see what your event looks like, you know, and then you can see the videos of the events that we do, you know, and you'll see a clear difference, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm like, it's up to you if you want to spend. And that's for anything, right? Photography, videography, DJ, everyone is very important. So it's like you pay for what you get. So, you know, you have to understand, yes. I feel like people, I feel like anyone in the artistic field or creative industry, we're not valued as much for our time. Cause they're like, you like what you do. So mm-hmm. we shouldn't pay you that because you enjoy it. I'm like, but it wouldn't matter. You know, like you can't go to your accountant and be like, you know, say that he loves being a CPA. You can't be like, you love being a CPA. So I'm going to just pay you $10 an hour. Like that would never fly. You know, so right. I don't know why they expect people, you know, in the entertainment field or creative field, just because, you know, we like to be a dancer, a photographer, a videographer, that we shouldn't get paid for our work. And it and it just takes the same amount of time and talent and education in our field for that.
0: So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Have you ever heard of Adam Smith, the economist? He wrote Wealth of Nations. He's like one of the founders of the field, and his uh he says people really want is to be loved and to be lovely and when it comes to dance, I feel like dancers are lovely and they're like applauded for it, and they're known for it, and they're revered for it and a lot of people will work very hard to mm get things or do things that make them lovely and with dance it's like built into the career um, and a requirement Um, so to have that affirmation when you're working that's like the end goal uh, I think that gets confusing um, to the audience or the client sometimes because I think they're I'm not going to say they're envious but like they they wish they could do it. Yeah, that's true. And the mm-hmm. da- dance is such a wonderful beautification process that it's just like, wow, you know, it's. I think I feel like it's different from being a CPA, a little bit.
1: Yes, it, I, it is very different. I know. Yeah. I think, I, like you said, I think that makes a very like, valid point about things because I remember we would have some people like, oh my gosh, you charge this much for five minutes? I wish I could make that much in five minutes. And I was like... Right. And I'm like... <laughs> I was like, you know how long it takes to come up with five minutes of choreography that's different and very specific and it's so much work, you know? So I was like, it's sometimes it's so insulting. I'm like, oh my gosh, guys. It's like, like, how could you even say that? But people say it all the
0: time. It's so funny. They say it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Well, I hope that some, I hope we can help educate people on that a little bit that, Mm -hmm. you know, the training begins when we're young and, you know, then the work begins, uh, yes. in terms of like creating that piece for you to your song at your venue set up. Yep. And-
1: yeah. And people don't understand like, you know, everyone's venue setup is so different. People like now... We've come to different things are like they've created this octagon thing and they're like, okay, now you got to dance on all the sides. I'm like, what is this? You know, and it's like you have to really – you have to be like, okay, I guess we're going to just change it up. You know, so many times we've had to change up things at the venue. You know, they're yeah. like, oh, we want 30 dancers, but then their stage only fits 10. You know, and then we've had to like wow. have, have people dance in the aisles. And we've really mm-hmm. – like you have no idea the amount of things we've had to change – that day itself because things are changed you know because it's like we can't just be like okay we're not performing you know we have to make it work so
0: what was the big show that you did at NRG stadium was that the one with the swords or is that a different one
1: the NRG we did oh we did Haudi Modi like the prime minister of India came and Donald Trump the president came too so yeah it was a very huge huge deal um the company that was managing it they had um everyone send in like audition videos um all over texas actually i think all over us because it was such a it was like a nationally telecasted event i think million people watched it like on on tv like it was millions of wow. people, like it was it was insane it was telecasted all over us india everywhere because it was grand because the prime minister was here and then president trump came so it was like it was everybody. So,
0: What did you do for it?
1: Um, so we were the Bollywood finale. We got selected to be that. We only, they only selected like, I think there was three of us in our Bollywood category. And then they had us be the finale. So we had the most amount of time. So they, we went through and we kind of like picked out, they picked out what they wanted because they were trying to tell a story about, um, a girl here and like how you know she's trying to be Indian and American and how what that's like you know the struggle to be like both and be respected and the and so basically like at the end we do like um us we it was like a fast number and uh and we added like some line dancing in between to show that you know like how you can be both and it can be beautiful you know like you can you can be indian and american and proud and you know still represent you as a person so that's kind of what we did so it was kind of it was cool it was like it was really really fun and we had i think we had like 30 dancers yeah guys and girls and yeah it was really big it was it was awesome yeah can we see it yeah, it's on you. It's on. It's. I think it's everywhere. It's on YouTube, Facebook, okay. Instagram. Yeah, we posted it everywhere because it was ah cool. Yeah, I
0: have to it check it cool. out. <laughs> Congratulations! Thank you. Amazing. Uh, so, a couple more questions. How did your life change with *Slumdog Millionaire*? <laughs>
1: um. So it was so Bollywood became nationally recognized. It instantly became on all the competition shows like there was a Bollywood category suddenly yes okay you know like I was Mm -hmm. like oh Bollywood is everywhere everyone's doing it now you know and I think that kind of national and and global recognition was so important for us to kind of be able to go like Indians to go to the next step to where people are recognizing us and understanding a little bit more about our culture and how beautiful it is and how vibrant and colorful. Mm. But then the downfall was everyone only knows J-Ho. And so it's like, even now, they're right. like, can you do J-Ho? And I'm like, there are like a billion songs that have yeah. been released that are far better than, you know, not to say J-Ho is not good. J-Ho is a great song, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of, you know, there's only so much you can do with that. And it's almost like, you know, someone telling you something, doing something that's like 10 years old, Now and it's kind of like it's weird, you know. So right, but we still get asked Uh all the time to do Slumdog Millionaire pieces.
0: But it, I mean, oldie but a goodie. It's an
1: oldie but a goodie. Yeah, Yeah. and we've, you know, we've just come to terms with it.
0: You know, but so, it's so
1: funny. It's like uh-huh. a, it's like a running joke now cuz it's like, you know, all the Indian dancers like we're always like, "Oh my gosh, we're doing Jho." Like, you know, like right. like or like anyone any new client that's like not very familiar with Bollywood, they're like, "Can you guys do Jho?" And I'm like, "Okay." I was like, uh, "Yeah. Okay." I was like, "You know, I mean, it's not that it's and it's it's a pretty easy song to choreograph and we've already done it a few different times, but still, you know, we enjoy creating something new and innovative for, you know, clients. And it's kind of like, okay, if that's all you want. Okay. You know, like that's what it kind of feels like. We'll come do it. Yeah, Yeah, we'll do it. You know? And cause you know, Kieran and I, we take a lot of pride in what we put out and we just want to make sure that it's like the best of the best for each and every client, you know? So it's like, if we feel like it's not the best of the best and you know, our J-Ho looks really good, but it's like, you know, we could be doing more stuff. So (laughs)
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And just like you said, kind of being behind, you know, like you want to keep it fresh and keep it up to date. That's a huge part of hip hop.
1: Because the problem is like non-Indians are like, Oh, J-Ho, we know that song. We love it. But then when everywhere there's Indian people at every event we do, whatever it is, there's going to be, there's going to be Indian people and they're going to be like, why are they doing J-Ho? Like literally (laughs) every Indian's Uh like... I was like, why are they doing J-Ho? And I'm like, don't ask us. This is what they wanted. <laughs> so I was like, so that's the, that's the only issue. It's like for, for anyone who's not oh Indian, gosh. they're like, J-Ho, that's my jam. I love this song. Yeah. I know it. You know, uh-uh. it's, it's usually everyone's first Bollywood movie that they've watched. So they're like, yeah, you know.
0: And what made it cross the ocean? Why is that the one? Like when did Bollywood start and why did Dog hit here?
1: Well, because they won so many Oscars. Ah, it won so many Oscars and the music won, uh, like one. I think he won two Oscars, AR Heman. He won, I think, yeah, two Oscars, Oscar awards. Gotcha. And so, like, it was like, you know, I feel like whenever a movie wins any Oscar award, everyone's like, okay, we got to go watch that movie. So, that's really what's pretty much what happened. People who hadn't seen it when it came out they definitely went and saw it once it won. I think, I don't even know how many won, but it won quite a few gotcha.
0: awards. When so, did Bollywood start? Just after Hollywood?
1: Yeah. yeah I uh-huh. mean, it's, it, I think, I don't know if it was always called Bollywood. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we've had Indian film cinema since, you know, cinema was available. You know, I don't know if it was always, I'm not sure when the actual inception of Bollywood happened. I'm sure it was after yeah. Hollywood came into picture. They, you know. And now every, the, all right. the movies in India are similar. So we have like Tollywood and Mollywood and Kollywood. And it depends on what region you're in in India. It's, that's what it's, it's labeled. Is
0: it like the that. B for Bombay?
1: B is for Bombay. Uh-huh. Okay. So they did it at the time when it was still called Bombay. Now it's called Mumbai. So, But they're not going to change it to Mollywood because Mollywood is a different film industry now. So Okay. Yeah. Cool.
0: All right. Well, let's close with you taking us on as your students and giving us some life advice or dance advice, just whatever you'd like to share, be it your motto or just like what we can do um, for when we turn this off and get back to reality, Uh, maybe turn on some music um, and just have a better life uh, with your guidance.
1: So I would say is, you know, really truly use music as kind of an avenue for you to just feel whatever you're feeling and it could be any kind of song that you really truly love and let it move you you know I feel like um, there was a really great quote I think Sandra Bullock I just I posted a couple of days ago on my social media about how you should dance in the morning it makes you walk a little different and I think it's so important to be able to be within yourself and feel the freedom of movement whether it's for yourself or for you know I mean, it should be for yourself, honestly, because I think any dancer that loves to dance even, they do it for themselves. And so you should just love to move, you know, whatever that is, even if it looks ugly to you, it doesn't matter. You know, no one's there in your room and just let it move you, let, you know, feel what you need to feel, whatever emotions you need to feel, and then just go on with your day. It's going to make you feel so different. You know, it'll make you feel so much lighter It'll help you, you know, deal with things you probably weren't ready to deal with. And I think that's the power of music, you know, and the power of movement. And I, I think it's just as important as learning any other kind of thing in your life is that you should be in touch with your body and in touch with sound. And yeah, and, you know, just enjoy the little things and don't get hard on yourself about, you know, not doing enough. You know, every little thing that you do matters, whether it's to yourself or to somebody else. So, yeah, that's it.
0: My guest today is Tina Bose Kumar. Her company is Infused Performing Arts. Tina, thank you for being a part of Dance Talks. Thank you,
1: Andrea, for uh, allowing me to be on here. I'm really excited. So thank you, guys. I hope you guys liked it.
0: (laughs) Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and share our podcast and reach out to us on social media if you'd like to talk. To support Dance Talks, donate to Dance Houston. Talk to you on Monday.